0: Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't sure with no mercy cutting, no slack, no. I ain't the best sport, and I'll even wish you good luck.
1: Only thing I will Alright, all right, all right. We are live Friday night. Cheers having a beer for those of you listening live. Uh, Those listening on the pod uh, later on, you'll be listening to this at least on a Saturday. But welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Dane, as always, here with my boy, Wags. Wags, we skipped about a week. We're back. We're talking wide receiver room. Feel refreshed. Feel good. We're talking about the draft today. Wide receiver in the draft. And I'll tell you what, uh, the draft can't come soon enough. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of talk out there Um, right now, folks, just for a reminder, we got Randall Cobb. We got Chris Blair. We got Rico Gafford, uh, Amari, who came, you know, came in as a, uh, as a guy this off season, Amari Rogers, Malik Taylor, Sammy Watkins, Juwan Winfrey, Alan Lazard. That's the core the wide receiver room right now there's a lot of talk that the Packers could take a wide receiver early potentially first round it's been a minute so we're going to break down some of these receivers in the draft today talk about some of the guys that we like some of the pros some of the cons but without further ado wags how are you feeling buddy and wags might be dropped here a little bit. So, you all might be stuck with me. Uh, can you hear me? Wow, wags.
0: I am back. Uh, right. So, uh, technical difficulties there, but day, nothing is going to damper my enthusiasm. <laughs> I don't know about everyone else out there, but I'm um, really enjoying all of the Packer content so far this offseason. But I feel like this is the episode I've been waiting for. Yeah. I don't know about you. I think a lot of people have been anxious to discuss uh, what is almost always a hot topic, and that's the wide receiver group. Um, And no disrespect to those receivers that you were listing off as I got cut out a a little bit there, but that's not exactly a murderer's row for an NFL roster. When you're talking about a wide receiver group, Um, would I love it if, any or multiple of those guys step up and all of a sudden take it to the next level. And we've got a new diamond in the rough. Absolutely. I'm rooting for all of them. Uh, Don't get me wrong, but uh, we, we've got a lot to prove when it comes to wide receiver group. So I think there's kind of a consensus out there, even after the signing of Sammy Watkins, which let's talk about that for a second here in a minute uh, that The Packers, not only are probably going to be taking a top pick, one of their first two picks in the first round, but probably multiple, maybe three wide receivers in this draft. Uh, I would not be surprised if they take a guy uh, early and then supplement that with another pick um, third round ish. And then maybe another one mid to later, Uh, you know, they're going to bring another guy in unrestricted or undrafted free agent. Um, so they're going to bring in a bunch of guys to be competing here. I, I think when you look at even with Sammy Watkins, there's Dane. Dare I say, outside of Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, is anyone else that's currently on the roster a lock to make the fifty-three in your no. mind? I mean, um, I, I I don't want to, and I I, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm down on Amari Rodgers. Know there's a lot of people calling him a bust already, which I, I don't think is quite fair. Yeah. Also, think it's fair to say that he didn't make the impact that you would have liked to see from a third round pick, uh, particularly on special teams. Uh, it looked like he was a little deer in the headlights at times. So it, the jury's out on him. And Sammy Watkins definitely, when you look at his contract, not a guy that's guaranteed to make this roster. Obviously, he's gone kind of a prove it situation. So. Um, I, not only do I expect Packers to take guys early, I think they'll take them early and often in the draft and they may not even be done in free agency as well. Uh, I think they're going to be very active and they're going to be bringing in a lot of guys. Take a look at this wide receiver group.
1: Wakes, let's talk about Sammy Watkins for a second, right off the bat, just because he's on the roster. We're talking about guys on the roster. Um, The deal was definitely a prove-it deal, as you mentioned, but, I mean, we're talking prove-it, prove-it deal. It was listed at $4 million. It's nowhere near that in guaranteed money. I don't have the figures right in front of me, but I think it's, what, a few hundred thousand dollars guaranteed, which to me means he's battling for a roster spot just like everybody else. Um, I like that signing for the Packers at that price, because I always like Sammy's game Um, issue with him, of course, is the injuries, right? Um, And it's hard to make the club if you're in the tub, as they say. So, you know, I think he can still stretch the field at 28 years old. He can still make plays uh, on an NFL roster. So I, I am eager to see what he's able to do. But I think a key for him, Wags, to make this team is to stay healthy uh, through training camp and really, you know, show what he can do. If he's not able to stay healthy, would you be surprised? You know, especially if they, if they draft high, a wide receiver, would you be surprised if maybe he doesn't even make the cut out of camp?
0: I would not be surprised, but right now, he's like the only true X receiver they have on the roster. So Sammy, I think, is someone that probably looked around the league and said, Oh, I can go play with the best quarterback in the NFL on a team that doesn't currently have <laughs> any proven like commodities at wide receiver. Um, with all due respect, I think Randall Cobb, we know where he is in his career. Um, at this point, um, Alan Lazard, I, I think, could take up a, a slightly bigger role, but. Um, honestly, I'd be surprised if he makes a big jump a- at any point. I-, I think he could get more targets, and he could be an increase in productivity, but I, I just feel with Alan Lazard, if he was going to make that diamond in the rough-like jump, it would have happened in the last one of the last two seasons. Um, he's had opportunity, and I think he can be a very, very important part of this team. Yeah. However, I just don't see him having a lot of upside at this point, I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see Alan Lazard as someone that's going to all of a sudden turn into a bona fide number two wide receiver. Um, He's going to get a lot of snaps. Don't get me wrong, but um, I, I'll, I'll be happy to be wrong about that by the way, then. Uh, so Sammy Watkins, I'm sure is looking at this long and short of it is he's had probably a little bit of an underwhelming last few years, and this is an opportunity for him to maybe reboot his career a little bit and um, get another big contract playing in Green Bay and with Aaron Rodgers if everything goes well for him. Do I expect that to happen? Not really. I I, I hope that he can be a contributor and can help this team, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think anybody really out there uh, in Packer Nation is expecting Sammy Watkins – all of a sudden be our like number one receiver the type of upside player that he projected to be coming out in the draft is number four overall overall pick I believe in 2014 draft for Buffalo that's not the type of player we're expecting to get at this point with Sammy Watkins I think most people would be happy if he can from a productivity standpoint perhaps match or come close to what MVS was giving us yeah. the last couple of years. They're two different players. Don't get me wrong, but I think um, the inconsistency and the ability to maybe have some big games uh, occasionally is what uh, a lot of people uh, look at when they're comparing maybe an MVS just Sammy Watkins and look, it didn't, it didn't cost the Packers 30 million and That's 10 million a year to do it. So worthy gamble, in my opinion, I, I don't think it's, Uh, even with Sammy Watkins probably underperforming to what you'd like to have um, for, for some of the teams he's been on, compared to what MBS ended up getting, I'm more than happy to pay Sammy Watkins what the Packers did and hope that he can, maybe even if he doesn't match, come close to what MBS was giving us.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great insight. And all the more reason, I mean, there's a real opportunity now for the Packers to take a wide receiver with at least one of those first round picks. Knowing goody wags, they could even move up and go get themselves a wide receiver. Um, So that's why we're going to talk about, I think really the top eight or so guys here and then maybe talk a couple other guys here or there. But because I think all, all options really are on the table right now. Especially, Wags, and I got to just say it up front, what some of these wideouts, these veteran wide receivers are demanding right now in free agency this offseason, it might behoove the Packers to go and get a young guy early on and maybe change their strategy a little bit. I'm curious your take there because right now they're paying a premium at left tackle, obviously at their quarterback position. um, You know, you can go down the line. Jair Alexander is going to get paid here soon. Kenny Clark. Right, you're they're paying premium at a lot of positions right now, which is a good problem to have. But that being said, wide receiver might be just too pricey if they're even trading for a young guy that's about to get a second contract, that might not be advisable from the economics. So potentially going and finding your next stud in the draft could be a strategy for the Packers not only for the production on the field, but also for what you're trying to do as a front office to get a guy on that rookie year contract to kind of balance the books a little.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things before we dive into this, and we will hear in just a second, Dean, did was it just me, or was this wide receiver group in the draft extremely polarizing? I mean, yeah. you, you go in and you're looking, and depending on who you're, you know, you're looking at, who you're listening to, you know, where you're watching, we try to form our own opinions, of course man, there's some guys that are all over the place in this draft. And so just a reminder, what we do, these are not our rankings. We're not using our own uh, ranking system. We're using the uh, uh, 2022 consensus Mm -hmm. draft big board. Um, So that's looking at 153 different uh, big boards (laughs) uh, for draft experts. And and it's taking the cumulative or average rank for all of these guys so one of the things i think we need to keep in mind is that the thing about this draft class for wide receiver is there's a lot of guys that are not prototypical green bay packer type wide receivers and what i mean by that is when you look at like size and position there's a lot more guys ranked high in the consensus rankings that maybe it don't have quite that um, uh, the size that Packers usually are looking for. And if they're looking for a number one receiver, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. So, um, Dane, I'm really anxious to hear what uh, you have to say about some of these guys, but I would also just say that just because the Packers take someone that is not ranked by Mel Kuyper as a, you know, top 15, top 20 type pick or the number, you know, two to four wide receiver in the draft in the first round i don't be shocked don't be shocked that's that's the mo of this packers front office um goody i think maybe not quite to the extent of ted thompson but they've carried on that tradition for sure so um don't get sucked in to just Looking at you know your traditional expectations, um, I would not be surprised at all if the Packers are looking at a guy that some people think is a third round pick, and all of a sudden they're taking him at number twenty eight because that's just kind of how the Packers do things, right? So mm-hmm. um, they make their own evaluations, and they're gonna they're gonna make their selections based on that. So I think that's important to point out before we get into projections. So Dane, with that being said, let's dive into this, and um, uh, you're gonna give us. Uh, You're the first scouting report here. Yeah. And I uh, starting with Garrett Wilson. Uh, yeah, let's start out of Ohio State. So, uh, man, what do you think about Garrett Wilson and um, and uh, tell us what you think his potential fit would
1: be with Packers? Well, I mean, I'll tell you what. He's a burner. Dude ran. a Listen, we're going to talk about 40s today. I don't really care what an offensive tackle's forty time is. <laughs> I do care what a wide receiver's forty time is more, maybe, than most positions, uh, because you know they've got to have that straight line speed, uh, depending on what you're asking them to do. And Garrett Wilson can move. He's a four three eight forty guy uh, at the draft. He's not the tallest guy. He's five foot eleven. So to your point, instantly not necessarily a, a Packer wide receiver prototypical in the way of a Devonte Adams or an Alan Lazard. But I mean, he produced, he produced in college at the collegiate level at the highest level. He was a first team all American wags. And I really like what this guy can do. And I think the reason that he's projecting on most boards ahead of his college teammate, uh, Olave is because, um, He just can do a lot with the ball in his hands. And that's something that I think, you know, a a lot of guys, you want to see what they can do there. He's got, you know, I'm going to say this probably a few times today, but he's, he's sudden with his movements and he makes a lot of guys miss. So you get the ball in his hands. A lot of dudes are going to be missing tackles on somebody like him. I love the way that he plays um, with the ball in his hands. And Wags, At this point in the NFL, you need to have guys that are playmakers, right? Not just guys that can run these crisp, clean routes, although that really helps. But you want to see guys, especially in somebody like a Coach Lafleur's offense, where you can scheme and get the ball in his hands and just let him go. Um so I really like how fast that he plays as well. Um and and I watch him on tape quite a bit. His hands look really natural as well. He's got strong hands. I remember watching him in college live a few times. Um well, live on TV a few times and he's you know he he's able to kind of catch those 50-50s really well. Those 50-50 balls where it could go either way to the DB or the wide receiver. He's got those strong hands brings down the ball. So, you know, there's things that he needs to work on, I think, but overall, he's a really, really talented wide receiver. That's going to, I think, be really good at the next level. And it's no surprise if he's a top 10 guy or a top 15 guy, uh, but the way things are going, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a top 10 pick and the first wide receiver off the board.
0: Yeah, I we'll see and the interesting thing is you're not going to draft a first round wide receiver for special teams but right. um really good gunner and has some return ability as well. Mm-hmm. So um that's uh, another thing the Packers could be looking at if potentially he slips down. How do you see him as a fit for the Packers? One of the uh, cons I've seen with Wilson is because of his size right. um and his maybe not his precise Uh, ability as a route runner that's one big difference between his teammate chris olave um and he is that he can get jammed up at the line of scrimmage a little bit and and that's was noticeable even though you don't see a lot of press man coverage at the college level so what what do you think about that when the packers are really probably looking for, you know, when you look at the rest of the wide receiver room and the fit overall, um, does Garrett Wilson project as someone that you think Packers would be so high on that they would even trade up for? Uh, I'd be Yeah. Him?
1: I'd be surprised if they trade up for him based on that fit. Um, but that being said in a wide receiver room, where they're clearly going to be looking for playmakers, if they think he's the guy, right. That can make a play. Um, then maybe they do make that move. But that being said, Weggs to your point, I think there's a lot from earlier. There's a lot of wide receivers. I think this is a very deep draft for wide receiver. Um, I'd be surprised if the Packers trade into say the top 12, you know, or t- top 13, 14 or whatever to go get their guy. But I could see them getting into the late teens and kind of moving up to somebody, especially if a wide receiver that they really like falls now going back I think that Wilson might not be the guy based on some of that, because right now, Wags, they've got a couple slot receivers. What they really need is a guy on the outside that can, um, you know, help move the chains and obviously have the explosive play. You're not going to replace Devontae Adams overnight, but maybe having the guy who doesn't run the cleanest routes Uh, at least at this stage of his career, replacing somebody like Devontae Adams, who runs some of the crispest routes in the league, might not make the most sense, especially when there isn't, in my eyes, a significant drop-off after him. And in fact, there's other guys that I think might be a bit better of a fit for what the Packers are looking to do long-term at the wide receiver position. And um, you know, I'm curious, as we go down the list with the guys that you're going to be talking about too, um like who you have next on your list because i think there might be some other guys that i'm eyeing that might be better fits uh that than wilson is right
0: now yeah i think so and and let's you know hold that discussion because uh, as we move later i think that'll become a pertinent point next on the list um for consensus wide receiver rankings on the big boards number 2 overall for wide receivers is drake london out of usc um now here's a guy with some size Listed as 6'4", almost two hundred twenty pounds, and uh, just a smooth athlete. Also played basketball uh, mm-hmm. for USC his freshman year, um, and he's uh, very versatile. Actually, um, Iman Saint Brown. I'm sorry, Saint Brown uh, was at USC and Michael Pittman. In the last couple of years got drafted in subsequent seasons, and uh, and even at his size, until this past season, he was a slot receiver. So they USC like to move him around a lot. Um, this last year, he became the featured guy. And uh, he uh, was able to be highly productive. Actually got a broken ankle, missed the last four games of the season. But even with that, uh, was able to get over 1,000 yards receiving, 88 reception, seven touchdowns. So um, just just a very, very productive uh, final season at USC. Downsides in, in why he might not be a top 10 pick and might slide down a little bit just doesn't have – that um high-end explosiveness that especially that you'd be looking for for a first round receiver and i'll be honest with you dan uh, when my first impressions of him when i was watching tape was he's a first round pick really um now uh, that said the more you watch him i think the more you can appreciate what he can potentially bring to the table um for someone his size just has elite body control so right away he's someone that um, 64 uses his body extremely well can high point the football has that you know basketball background that I think can be a little bit of a cliche but in this case you can see how he uses that skill set on the football field and so he could be a, a an instant um, you know red zone threat right away from day one um so i think that's that's something definitely that you can't take for granted um he's got pretty solid hands um and uh he's he's actually a pretty sneaky um ability to make guys miss not the best yard yards after the catch but really good for a wide receiver as yards mm-hmm. after contact so he can carry guys um when he uh gets ahead of steam and uh can can really he actually is very physical not that typical basketball like player that you would expect would go down and shy away from contact, he will lower his shoulder and try to run people over. So I really like that about him as well. Um, and, and so it's going to be interesting. I, Dane, if he falls to the Packers at twenty two, I I think I'll be interested to see what they do. I I'm hesitant mainly because they need speed at wide receiver. And I'm not saying that they can't get a speed receiver with one of their other picks, but um, I'm just not sure if he's the guy from a fit standpoint that Packers are really going to be looking for. I I think they might need a little bit more juice uh, uh, from uh, their top receiver pick. And so Drake London, I I think um, the more film I watched him, him the more I appreciated why he's projected to be one of the top receivers taken, uh, but that said, I, I just don't know that I really like his inability to get separation, particularly at the college level and in the Pac-12, which isn't exactly known uh, for a murderous row of defenses. So, Dane, I, I I I think he can be a productive guy. He could top ceiling. He's kind of an Anquan Bolden type. Mm-hmm. Not doesn't have speed, big body, good hands. And uh, it can really be a a productive player, particularly in the red zone. Um, And uh, certainly a a player like that could help the Packers. But um, I I think they're probably going to be looking for a a slightly different type of profile, Um, even if Drake London's available. He, he, like Wilson, is not someone I think they would be turning in picks to try to trade up for if they felt that was necessary.
1: Wegs, you're talking me out of Drake London right now. I, I thought that if he falls to 22, he feels like a prototypical Packer wide receiver to me a little bit. So it's funny you say that, but I, I completely agree that something that the wide receiver room's missing is just flat out speed, right? So that's the, that's the question. But from a body build perspective, and you know Lafleur loves dudes that can get down and block and be physical too. Somebody like Drake London fits that mold a little bit. But at the same time, they already have Alan Lazard, right? That's that's exactly it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's that's where it gets interesting. If we still had somebody like Devontae on the roster, I think Drake London, the Packers are salivating with the possibility of bringing him in. But without somebody like Devontae, they're looking for a guy that can really take away the top of a defense at times and use that athleticism as they grow in as a wide receiver, right? So from from that perspective, you've kind of talked me out of Drake Drake London right there because I thought he was prototypical. But as as you say it more, maybe they need to go a different direction.
0: Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be like highly disappointed if Packers take Drake London (laughs) and he's available. I'm not sure I would be too enthused if they – trade picks to move yeah. up to get him. Exactly. Uh, but I do think if he's a guy that they want to uh, to take a pick on, uh, they're going to need to pair him with definitely one, if not a couple of guys that are going to add some speed uh, to this group. And then you're looking lower in the draft, and that's a little bit more of a flyer. How soon can those guys be ready to contribute? We don't know. So um, Drake London, I think, can be productive At the last next level, I'm not sure I see him as having as high of a ceiling uh, as what you might like uh, for me uh, to expand a a mid to high level first round pick.
1: Let's talk about high ceilings. Jamison Williams is an absolute freak of nature as far as I'm concerned at the wide receiver position. Um, I love his game. Uh, so much he's a bigger receiver he's over six foot he's at six one he's a guy who I, I believe started what at Ohio State then made the transfer over to Alabama the huge red flag of course is the ACL injury in the national championship game that was just brutal right for his draft stock because as far as I'm concerned he doesn't tear that ACL we've already talked about him And this list, because he's probably the number one wide receiver going in the draft. But because of that injury, uh, you know, understandably, teams get a little bit cautious, especially when we're talking about something as severe as an ACL injury. But that being said, prior to the injury, this dude can flat out fly. He's, he's like a track runner out there. Um, he, I love his route tree. He runs all of the routes that you could ask for out of a wide receiver. He's an incredibly polished receiver. He can also beat you deep, you know, now mind you, the caveat is all of this was before this ACL injury. It sounds, you know, from, according to him, he thinks he's going to be ready for week one. Um, that's a pretty quick turnaround folks. Um, So we'll see where he's at in the health and in the process here. But from, from everything that we saw from him prior to the injury, I absolutely love Jameis Williams, uh, Jamison Williams' game. And now the question mark becomes, do the Packers want to take a risk if he were to fall or do they even move up to get somebody like him? Because I, I don't think he makes it to 22. I really don't. Even with the ACL injury, I just think he's that good. I think he's that natural of a wide receiver, he hits home runs. It's so hard to find guys that, hits home, that hit home runs in the National Football League. And I just think that he has the ability to separate. He has the ability to run the routes. He does all of the little things well. He's so polished for such a young wide receiver. I'm incredibly high on him. But again, question mark with the knee, how are you feeling about the Packers going in with somebody that already has an injury history like that?
0: Well, that's a big question, right, Dean? Right, So question for you, then, if it gets to about pick 16 and Jamison Williams is still on the board, now are you thinking the Packers are potentially in a position where they're going to trade up and snag Jamison Williams? And how big of a factor is that ACL injury? I mean, let's just say, and you don't know how this is going to shake out, but let's just say. You know, he's missing the first four to five games of the season. I think that's probably the safe thing to say, minimally. I would agree. Um, is it worth trading up, expending draft capital for a pick that high for a guy that could miss the first month, miss all of your offseason program, miss all of camp? And as a rookie, um, a lot of times those guys can kind of have a hard time, harder time making an instant impact to begin with, even with that work. How big of a factor
1: is that for you, Dane? I mean, that's why I'm not in the front office, Wags. That seems like a hard question to ask. I It makes me really nervous, uh, to be completely honest with you. Um, you don't want to basically uh, use draft capital, especially where the Packers are situated right now, on what could potentially become a bit of a redshirt year for a guy, even if long-term his projection is through the roof, it makes me nervous because the reality is the Packers need to land somebody who's making an impact early and making an impact often. It's too important of a position right now um, with the absence of a true number one wide receiver on this roster, that that's what makes me nervous. Now, if he fell to 22, that's a totally different story, and I'm actually starting to think about it. But if the Packers have to expend extra draft capital to move up, I don't think I'm comfortable there, especially if some of the other wideouts are still on the board at that time.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you've got two teams ahead of Packers in the Philadelphia Eagles and the New Orleans Saints that have two picks apiece between picks 15 and 19, and both of them probably could use another wide receiver. Uh, will they take wide receiver? Who knows? But when you've got two picks in that range, maybe they're more likely to take a gamble on a guy like Jamison Williams, knowing that they've got another pick right there in short order and kind of of play the board a little bit. Um, So I agree with you. I think it would probably be too steep of a price, not only from the risk standpoint, but just from what Packers might have to trade away to get themselves into position to get Jamison Williams. Uh, But if he slips down you know what, this is a guy that is being compared to a more explosive Jerry Judy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so long run, I think I'll take that. I'll, I'll sacrifice a month or six weeks of the season, of his first season. Uh, if uh, that's the type of player the Packers could potentially be getting, he could still help them tremendously in the second half of the season if we can just hold serve. So, um, So, yeah, it'll probably just be one of those things where I don't expect him. To last to 22, but with that injury, uh, you just never know what can happen. And certainly, I think the Packers would have to think long and hard uh, about uh, what they want to do there if he is available. So, mm-hmm. uh, Dane, uh, one more guy that we want to touch on before we take a break here. Um, and this is one that I think a lot of Packer fans have been circling. Uh, you and I included Chris Olave yeah. out of Ohio State. All right, so let's just say it. The dude is just probably the best route runner, highly technical um, in terms of his ability to run routes. And in this draft, he can make an instant impact uh, on the Green Bay Packers. You're not going to have to worry about Aaron Rodgers doing that eye roll uh, mm. when Chris Olave runs back to the huddle uh, after a play because he's made the wrong uh, decision, uh, you know, made the wrong route. Um, and he's one, one of those guys that he has an amazing release, um, just, uh, can, can run multiple route trees and, uh, has plays with, you know, high football IQ and instincts as well. So, uh, not only the technical ability, but the mental side of this, the picture as well. He just brings everything to the table where you just have to look at this and say, this seems to be a match made in heaven because The Packers need someone that can come in and make that instant impact. And um, he he can run, I think, a lot of the routes that Coach LaFleur would be looking for in this offense. Um, He's not someone that you necessarily have to scheme open. Uh, He is someone that is able to, um, you know, create separation, not just on his speed or quickness, but as on his tempo. Um, I think a lot of his made, we talk about the 40 with some of those other positions, even at wide receiver though, Dane, um, how often do wide receivers just run straight down the field when they're running around? Not that often. Um, So what we're really talking about with um, straight line speed, more so is okay. Yeah, you've got your go route, but it's really about the yards after the catch ability. And uh, with Chris Olave, I think uh, one of the things with him is um, it, he does lack some of that size that you'd be looking for in a prototypical number one wide receiver. So he may not have quite the upside as what you'd be looking for in a typical. Wide receiver, first round pick. However, uh, and I hate to say this because it sounds bad or like it's a pejorative, he's an extremely safe first round mm-hmm. pick, especially for what the Packers needs are. Um, and and I know that's going to sound like a negative. I I don't I don't mean it for it to come across that way, but the reality is is that the Packers really need someone that can make an instant impact. And I think his floor is very, very high. Um, You know, he might be uh, a number two receiver, um, but he's going to be a very good number two receiver. So think like an Emmanuel Sanders at his peak. And uh, so I think Chris Olave, um, while he may not have that long-term potential to be that, you know, generational type talent, At the wide receiver position, he compares very favorably to someone that I know you really like in Terry McLaurin um, from Washington, uh, just in terms of his size, his route running ability, and I think he could be extremely productive if the Packers want to take him and he is available uh, to pair up with Aaron Rodgers next season.
1: Wags, um, this is going to be high praise coming from Packer fans, but um, young Donald Driver is kind of what he reminds me of a little bit with his game. I I love his game so much. I love his route running. It's crisp. He's kind of got that. You talked a little bit, I think, about his body control, but he's kind of got that Chris Carter style that knifing ability and and I, I hate the Vikings, but man, Chris Carter could ball in his prime. And you know, there was there's some of that with him. So uh to your point, Rodgers isn't rolling his eyes with this young man. He's he would fall in love with his abilities, I think early on and would very quickly become one of his favorite targets, I think, for the Packers. So uh what more can we say? I think we're starting to hit a list here where um you know I think there's some guys still to come that I like, but I really like Alave's game, and I think that he could do um, wonders for this Packers offense.
0: For sure. So I think this is a good time to take a little break here and talk about our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. And of course, yeah. it's not football season, we're in the thick of the NBA playoffs now. So, uh, Dane, tell us what you and your wife, Andrea, have been doing as far as NBA picks and uh, what you've got going on on DraftKings. We were
1: feeling the Aaron Rodgers and uh, Randall Cobb mojo at courtside a couple nights ago. We were hoping that would uh, translate to a Bucks victory. Um, so, you know, the the Chris Middleton stuff's been pretty brutal for us Bucks fans out there. However, Wags, we're really enjoying DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, You know, I've said it, but we're using Andrea, especially my wife, uses promo code TPPN. And she's not a huge basketball fan, but thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, she makes watching some of these NBA playoff games uh, makes it that much more excitable that much more enjoyable for her. Um, something she never really done before, but because of the Drafting Sportsbook app and using, again, that promo code TPPN, I got some of that money back. And she's having so much fun placing bets, picking teams, and um, dare I say, becoming a bit more of an NBA fan than she once was. For sure. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN.
0: Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So Dane, um, we need to get back into this then. So um you know, when you look at the rest of this group, I think we're starting to probably get to what's projected to be maybe either late first round or early second round Um, as we look at some of these next few guys. So um, next up on the consensus big board uh for uh, a scouting report from you is Traylon Burks out of arkansas a guy the packers bought in uh to have she a did. pre-draft visit so um what do you think about traylon burks and and how do you see his fit with the packers well it doesn't
1: surprise me that they brought burks in he's a big dude for a wide receiver i mean he's six two but this guy's 225 pounds listed wags um you know I, I think that part of the reason you know i when we were growing up i'll tell you what wide receivers They weren't much over 200 pounds, right? And nowadays, DK Metcalf and a number of other guys have really, I think, changed the wide receiver position. I like um, what Traylon Burks brings to the table. He's a big, big physical wide receiver. Um, And and I'll tell you what, um, he reminds me a lot of A.J. Brown. Actually, from the Titans, Uh, so I I, and that's that's high praise because I think AJ Brown can ball, and I've seen that comparison on a number of websites, and it doesn't surprise me. Uh, But I like him because he mismatches, right? He's just a size mismatch. The thing that's really dropped him down the board, I think, is uh, probably a disappointing forty time. He he clocked in at four five five forty. If he was closer to the four four range. I think that he would be in the conversation with some of those top four guys a little bit more. But I do think he's starting to slide a little bit down the draft uh, just because of that 40 time. But that being said, the tape does not lie with him. I like how natural he is as a uh, as a route runner. Um, And and I think that, you know, he's really, really, um, you know, really good after the catch, which a guy that size. He's able to kind of squeeze that ball and plow through guys quite a bit. Um, He's somebody that's really gets north quickly. He doesn't dance too much and, you know, just has that ability to get up field, which I love out of a wide receiver. He's not somebody that's going to be losing yardage, stepping back, doing any of that stuff. He's got really, really big hands too. That's going to be helpful with him catching that football. Um, And, and, you know, he is not afraid to just go deep, go get the ball. So I've seen him on tape, Wegs a number of times, especially over the last week or so when I've really been digging in on him. Um, he will sell out completely to make a catch uh, with reckless abandon. I love that uh, about him. And also Wegs. Dude had almost, uh, he had a, what, 175 plus yards and a couple touchdowns against Alabama. That's huge production against a big time opponent. So I love what he brings to the table. And I would not be surprised at all if he ends up being a Green Bay Packer at the end of this. Um, I think he, out of everybody we've talked about, might be the most likely to be a Packer so far out of anybody we've talked about. Yeah, it's really interesting.
0: I mean, um, Dane, you and I are, are admittedly kind of amateurs when it comes to you being draft yes. nicks. Mm-hmm. However, the more we talk about 40 time, the the less I care about it because mm-hmm. you, Traylon Burks is another perfect Ball. example. You put pads on him, and it doesn't seem like he gets caught from behind on right. the film that you're watching. <laughs> and uh, the dude and, – and, you know, there's something to be said for the fact that very rarely – you catch the ball and just sprint straight down the field. You're going to be, you know, slowing, juking, you know, um, cutting. There's all of those things that come into play when it comes to that yard after the catch. And Traylon Burks is a prototypical guy that, uh, as a football player, just has all the moves, right? I mean, so um, you put the football in his hands and he can make things happen. So I completely agree with you from that aspect. Uh, one of the knocks that I've seen on Traylon Burks, I'm curious to hear what you think, yeah. is that he's not extremely polished. And so he's a little bit of maybe a work in progress as a way of putting it. Uh, as a you know as someone that can can run a full route tree um you said that you like his natural route ability Mm -hmm. um but i'm wondering if perhaps um his his uh you know full route tree isn't as developed as maybe you would like and that seems to be one of the knocks on him is he someone that when the chips are down is going to be reliable on Mm -hmm. third down um in a critical situation or is he going to need to take a little bit of time to develop into his full potential um and how do you see that impacting his fit potentially for the packers if they're going to be expending a first round pick on him
1: yeah it's a great question wags and i'll tell you what i mean if they're picking a 22 right you're probably not many nfl teams have there, there's 32 NFL teams. there's not normally 32 guys that are they're rated as first round picks, right? So all of a sudden I, I think in most years you might have 15 guys or so that an NFL team might rate as a first round grade and then from there you go down the list. Um, you're going to find some good and bad with every receiver that we've talked about you know there's going to be some pluses, some minuses but the natural ability that tra- that, uh, that Treylon Burks has, Right now, I think he's extremely coachable. He's a guy who's shown improvement in college and somebody that I think going to the next level with some really strong coaching in Green Bay would would be um, well-served actually to come to Green Bay with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be in his year. With somebody like a Randall Cobb, who is shown to, to put guys under his arm a little bit and coach them up a little bit and doesn't shy away from doing that thing. I actually think this is a really good situation If Burks ended up coming to Green Bay, I think it's a good fit for him. And he would be a bit of a work in progress. But, Wags, I don't think in week 9 or 10 we'd be talking about the challenges of week 1 and 2. I think he's a guy that makes mistakes, learns from them, will put in the work and keep going forward. So um, maybe there are some blemishes early in the season, but I think it's something that we learn from. And he would become a very reliable target as the season progressed.
0: Okay, Well, that's great to know. Um, so next, uh, we're gonna talk about Jayon Dotson out of uh, Penn State, and um, he's a, a, just love this guy on tape. Um, classic, you know, just yeah, football player. I mean, it, it leaves me kind of speechless to say it. Um, and I, I know, I don't want to sound cliche, but this guy, <laughs> he just makes plays. Um, you can tell that he likes to have the ball in his hand. Uh, did not have the Best or most reliable uh, offensive uh, uh, players around him at Penn State in his time there, uh, but was still able to be very productive, very explosive. May, you know, four four three forty. So um, not the fastest guy, but really above average speed. Um, But uh, more so than that, just quick twitch um, explosiveness uh, out of the break. Uh, It can really uh, make guys miss. It's hard to catch up to him. Uh, Once he gets the ball, he can kind of just take it up to that next gear. Um, And so uh, he's just an exciting player to watch Dane. I'll tell you what, um, I don't know if he's the best fit for the Packers uh, for some of the other reasons we've stated. Uh, I I think there's other guys that you may look at that aren't the prototypical six three six four type of wide receiver. The Packers seem to classically covet. Um, so I'm not saying that Dodson is off the board for the Packers by any means, but he's diminutive. I mean, he's under five ten realistically, mm-hmm. um, 180 pounds soaking wet. Um, so I, I don't know. He can get beat up a little bit physically at the line of scrimmage, and um, so I, I think it's going to be one of those situations where the, again, the Packers have a specific need at wide receiver. And if Dawson were projected to be more of a second or third round pick, perhaps mm-hmm. he'd be someone that you pair up with another wide receiver that you take up early. Uh, but he, I don't see him lasting that long. Uh, and so for that reason, I, I just don't know that, he's going to be uh, in the Packers plans um, because I I would suspect he's probably lower on their board than he might be on some other teams. So um, Dotson love him as a football player. Uh, I think he's going to be an exciting player to watch at the NFL level. I I don't think um, he's someone that will flame out. I I really think he's going to be a name to be hearing from. I'm kind of concerned actually that he might uh, slip to the Detroit lions mm-hmm. early in the second round. They've got two early second round picks and um, he's the exact type of player that uh, Dan Campbell seems to really like. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I, I, not that I'm going to be officially putting the lions on my concern list, but I don't know. They start getting a uh, more and more young talent, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and uh, Dawson, someone that, seems like would be kind of a headache for Packer fans to have to deal with a couple of times a year. Um, So uh, that's said with the highest of compliments, um, I do think he's going to be taken off the board pretty early second round, if not late first round, uh, unless someone really likes him. Uh, But um, I I don't know. I'm not seeing him uh, from a fit standpoint with Mm -hmm. Green Bay, and that's not a knock on him as a player at all.
1: No, I mean, you're you're spot on, right? You, it, it's all about fit with what the Packers are looking for. This kid's going to ball in this league. I just hope he, to your point, I hope he's not in the NF, NFC North. Go somewhere else. Go to the AFC and have a day. Yeah. Just don't, don't end up in the NFC North. Um, I want to mention George Pickens because I feel like he's kind of a prototypical Packer wide receiver in a lot of ways. I, Folks, I, I'm going to just – I'm going to say this quote because I think it's um, – he, this is a Georgia wide receiver here. I got to say it though. Quote, I'm very uh, healthy right now and Pickens had an ACL injury, but he said, um, he said, I watch uh, Devonte Adams a lot. Uh, I'm bigger than Devonte Adams. That's kind of the lane I, I kind of want to go in because with the size I am, a guy who can move is almost unguardable. Hmm. I like it. Um, George Pickens folks, uh, from, from Georgia, this is a guy who I really like his game quite a bit. I mentioned that he had an ACL injury last year, but dude battled back, came back from injury and was able to play near the end of the season. I love his toughness. Um, this is a guy who throws blocks as a wide receiver. I know that Matt LaFleur likes that about him, but also He's just, he's a big, he's hes a little lanky, but he's just a big receiver that's able to, you know, he's got those hands, right? He's got those big hands that can get the ball. He can bring it into his body. He's very natural um, with with, uh, with that. He's able to beat the press as well whenever they seem to press him uh, at Georgia. And, uh, you know, he's six foot three wags. He's kind of what the Packers are looking for from a size perspective, um, and, and I love, uh, out of those routes, he's one of those guys that's kind of got that quick twitch. He's able to kind of break in and out of routes really, really well. Um, he's able to, you know, make those catches, those contested catches in a crowd really well. Um, so I really like what he's able to do and something I haven't mentioned about these other receivers yet, but I do want to mention about George. He's got a great, just a tremendous catch radius. He's somebody that you can put the ball, you know, low, you can put it high, And he's going to find a way to go down and get it or go up and climb that ladder and grab that football. So I really like what he's able to do. Um, He doesn't drop the ball very much. So um, I like that. Now, that being said, uh, he does have a slighter frame, I think, than some of these guys, some of the other wide receivers that we've talked about. And then obviously coming back from the ACL injury is a bit of a question mark, but overall I like what George Pickens does and, and the difference between he and Williams, when we're talking about the ACL injuries, the fact that he's already kind of battled back to play late in 2021, so we know that he's game ready, or at least he feels like he's game ready, and he's been able to run and do a lot of the things that the teams have been asking of him, so I really like what he's able to do. He's not the fastest guy, he's a 447 guy, but George Pickens can ball, I like what he can do, especially Wags, a little bit later in the first round, or, you know, like, the packers have an ability to even trade back up early second round. George Pickens feels like somebody that the packers could really covet.
0: For sure. That's great. So, I'm just going to dive right in. Um number 8 guy in consensus rankings, Christian Watkins. Talk about someone that's very polarizing. Yes. Um, depending on uh, you know what big board you're looking at. Um 6'4", um 210 pounds, 43640 just top line speed. Um, some questions about him. Uh, he played at a lower level competition for North Dakota State. So um, I would say tr- speed translates pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Some other questions where why he might not uh, be quite as high uh, is uh, he doesn't have the most polished route tree. Um, so his uh, technical uh, skill set uh, is something that's still under development. Uh, But I'll tell you what, Dean, uh, when you watch this guy on tape, uh, he brings a lot of things to the table that I think there's going to be some teams out there that are going to be really, really high on Christian Watson. Uh, So I think I even mentioned at the top, it's running my mind now, that it wouldn't shock me if he were a guy that out of nowhere the Packers turn in their card and they've taken him at number 22 and a lot of fans get really upset. Like, Oh, he was supposed to be a second round pick. Why are they reaching for him? And um, I'm just telling you, there's going to be other teams that have a first round grade on Christian Watson. Um, And it's, it's one of those things. Some people may not have him as high, but there's going to be a lot of teams that have him projected to go pretty high in this draft. So if the Packers want him, I'm not going to be shocked if they use one of their first uh, pick first round picks to, 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 to snatch him up. Um, (laughs) uh, He, he's someone that can just be dynamic down the field. Um, I think uh, he's physical uh, with the ball. He's got pretty solid hands. And um, um, I, I think, uh has a lot of upside. Uh, that's the other thing with this is um, there's his, his weaknesses, Dane are mm-hmm. things that with maybe some higher level coaching um, all of a sudden he can just get better and better. Um, he may not make that instant week one type impact if the Packers draft him. Uh, but I would think that he's a player, um, he's got a high motor. He seems to really have a desire to put in the work that's typical with guys that uh maybe went under the radar coming out of high school and are coming at a, a lower level um from the college ranks. Um so he he fits that profile to a T uh where you just expect him to continue to put in more and more work, get better and better. And um so for that reason, from a ceiling standpoint, <laughs> Christian Watson's a name to be watching because I think. Packers, uh, front office, they seem to like the type of guy that Christian Watson is on paper and on film. And uh, so, I'm telling you, uh, be watching uh, for Christian Watson as early as the first round because, um, I think uh, he is uh, that prototypical. Uh, player that the Packers are looking for at the wide receiver position.
1: Wags half the audience is pissed. The other half loves it. So he, <laughs> he's, is truly a polarizing figure. I love it. Uh, I love it though. That's that's good insight too on him because he's a guy it's, it's so interesting, right? Sometimes guys that aren't at the top, top of the list, get talked about more than some of the top guys. And it just seems like everybody's got an opinion on Watson these days.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, now listen, would I rather the Packers are able to just sit back and let him fall to them in one of their second-round picks? Absolutely. And <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that I want them to take him with, with this number 22 pick. Um, I am just throwing out there, we all know the Packers' history. They just take someone out of left field that nobody else seems to have ranked as highly as the Packers do, mm-hmm. and Christian Watson just seems to fit that mold. Um. Am I going to be right about that? Who the hell knows? I guess we'll find out next week. Um, I'm just throwing it out there. Um, so be prepared for anything, folks. I know Chris Olave is a name that we're thinking of. He'll be there on the board at 22, and then all the Packers him. will take Christian Watson. That's such That's a classic thing that happens, isn't it, Dane? I mean, that's we've true. seen this how many times? How many times? It's like, yes, we're going to get whatever player you want to mm-hmm. name over the last 10 years, and then it's just someone that you're not expecting at all.
1: Yep. That seems about right. I think I wags, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, I got one more guy. I just want to mention a little bit later round guy. We talked about kind of the top eight here. We could talk all day about wide receivers, but um, there's one more guy I want to mention that I could see fitting the Packers maybe as a fourth round or a fifth round guy. And that's Danny gray out of SMU Um, really circling his name. uh, Somebody that I watch him. He's a, he's a junior college transfer guy. Um, super productive uh, at times there for the Mustangs there at SMU. But what I love about him is he seems like a very logical and possible replacement for MVS. He flies down the field. He's a 43740 guy, Wags. Um, and what I like about him is that, you know, his size, you know, he's about six feet tall uh, and he plays with a lot of quickness in addition to his speed. He knows how to use that really well. Also has that ability after the catch and, and can just be a massive threat downfield. Um, he also, um, from all the scouting reports I've read, but also some of the video I've watched, really good on some of those crossing routes and just extending plays. So somebody that I really could see the Packers now there, there's um, not, you know, not a lot of polish to that game, but he's played outside full time. So he's an outside wide receiver. That's got speed who can make a lot of plays. It seems like a kind of fit that the Packers are looking for, especially if they're trying to add young talent a little bit later on in the draft after maybe going high. Don't be surprised if Danny Gray gets picked by the Green Bay Packers.
0: Yeah, I've got a couple. That's a great one. I've got a couple to mention, maybe not necessarily deep sleepers, but um, uh, first, David Bell out of Purdue. I, I think he's someone that is kind of like Chris olave light. Uh, as a player, it's a little bit more size. Um, part of the reason he's slipping down into more of a third round or later projection is he ran a four six five forty um, at the combine. So, you know, disappointing in terms of his uh, speed. Uh, so that's really bringing him down. But um, when you watch him on the field um, is able to get open, just highly proficient as a route runner, um, very instinctual, um, plays with some physicality, great hands, Um, and, um, he's, he's sneaky in his ability to be able to get separation. So, um, if, if he's there in third round and the Packers go for someone like Christian Watson, maybe at 28, let's say 28 instead of 22, uh, I think he would make a great pairing uh, to be able to maybe make that impact and, and. He would be that classic. Oh, David Bell has just made an instant rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Reports mm. coming out of the camp. Um, so, someone to keep an eye on if he's available for the Packers, depending on what other moves he make, uh, the Packers make. Is he like the first receiver they take? No, I, I don't think so at all. But uh, could be someone that's there mid to to later third or maybe in the fourth round. So, um, someone to be watching for. Another one, Alec Pierce. Out of Cincinnati, I've been doing some deep dive. And, uh, Dane, you're going to love this. And it's not just because he's a white receiver, but four three three forty, And he's compared wow. it to a faster Jordy Nelson. No uh, this kidding. Is, <laughs> So this is a guy that didn't necessarily get the targets or the production uh, at Cincinnati. Um, a lot of folks are saying that um, that's a little bit of a knock. But um, every time he got the ball, explosive all three years of his career at Cincinnati averaged Mm. 17 yards per catch or higher and uh, just is able to um, take the top off of the defense. So someone to be else to be watching for in that third to fourth round range. If the Packers are able to, maybe it's an Olave Alec Pierce Mm. combination just in reverse. Um, And um, certainly they may not be as polished in his full route tree, as well, but um, you know, decent size, and and I'll tell you what, um, he <laughs> he he just looks good on film, and mm. I I think he could be one of those diamonds in the rough uh, where uh, he could make an impact. Uh, to put stress on defenses, if they can just say, hey, young man, just run straight down the field. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I I think he would be another name to be looking for. And um, I, I know it's lazy a little bit to compare, uh, you know, a white receiver to another former Packer white receiver. Um, this just, that is classic for Packer Nation. We've seen it for the last 20 years. Uh, but um, that being said, this guy has legit, speed. And um, I, I think he uh, has has the ability uh, on top of that from a technical standpoint. Um, so um, would not be surprised the Packers have him pretty highly on their board as well.
1: Wags, we've um, got a couple comments I wanted to mention too here um, as we're wrapping up. Mitch Sloick, um, kind of echoing, I think, um, what some of the stuff that we were talking about early on uh, and tonight's podcast, I wouldn't go after Brown, Metcalf, guys like that. They're about uh, to need new contracts, which means lots of money. Go draft and get some top tier at wide receiver. Um, agreed, right? I, the, now, the problem is, is we know Brown and Metcalf can ball. Everybody else is uh, speculation so far. So I think that that's the biggest concern, right? There's a risk reward piece of that. But um, overall, I would agree with that notion, especially with the cost what that some of these wide receivers are going to demand. I just don't think the Packers are going to want to be able to uh, pay that.
0: Yeah, I mean, early after the Packers traded Devontae Adams, I think you and I both thought there was possibility they turn in some of those picks for um, you know a veteran wide receiver. And the more these contracts come out and the crazier the numbers are, I, I agree with you, Dane. I think that seems less and less likely. And the Packers are just going to roll with, Sammy Watkins and some, you know, some rookie wide wide receivers here that they get in the draft, undrafted free agency, and maybe another guy on the margins uh, before camp. So um, I I think, Mitch,
1: you've got full agreement from Dane and I for sure. Yeah, John Dorn says Packers drafting a kicker. I hope not, John. I don't think it's happening this year. We're not the Raiders. Don't worry about it. I think we're going to be drafting for some We do
0: have three kickers on the (laughs) roster right now, John, and I know you're kidding. (laughs) We know you're kidding. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just what you – I think, John, what you're putting perfectly – is expect the unexpected when the Packers (laughs) draft. Uh, Don't go in thinking, oh, we've got, you know, a consensus number 15 guy that's dropped to us. He's going to be who we're going to take because we need the guy at that position. Uh, Meanwhile, um, Goody or Ted Thompson is turning in a, a card on someone else that's, you know, third round pick mm-hmm. for every other team, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's just kind of how they roll. So yes. John, I appreciate the here. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining. Yep. Absolutely. Dane, any closing thoughts? as we look at wide receiver and close this episode out, it was a lot of fun. This is just fun. Bad expectations as far as I'm concerned. Me too. I mean, I've I've been been looking forward to this one.
1: Yeah. I love talking wide outs and we're going to be back on Monday night and then we're going to be doing some draft stuff on, on draft night too. So, I mean, weggs, this is fun because I'll tell you what I love football. I love actually watching the game and I love camp and all of that, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the future of this team is going to look like Uh, rounds one through seven and on, and all the undrafted guys. uh, Right. So this is a really fun time. I'm about ready for all of the anticipation to be over. I'm ready to actually draft and get things going now and get camp. I'm glad the Packers are back in camp players are in green Bay, but um, fun talking about wide receivers. And as you said, expect the unexpected.
0: Yeah, for sure. And folks, for anyone listening, I know that um, it's been quieter in the chat tonight. It's Friday night. I get it. Uh, But we uh, do plan to be live uh, during the draft. So if uh, anyone wants to join us during the draft. Uh, please do so. We'll be on our Facebook, YouTube and Twitter channels live during the draft. And I'm just going to throw this out there, Dane. I, I We haven't even talked about this. But um, I think if anybody wants to actually join us and yeah. be part of the video uh, of the episode, um, hit us up on social. Uh, we want to be able to get some of you on here and get some, uh, you know, facial reactions, some live takes after the Packers uh, take their picks in the first round next Thursday. So if you want to be part of the show during that draft episode special next week, let us know why we should uh, include you. Um, uh, you know, uh, being a Packer fan is a, a pretty good prerequisite, but mm-hmm. um, uh, we'd love to have some of you join us next week because uh, it's always fun. Uh, to be able to interact, and um, it's going to be a, a fun night, I think, with the Packers having a couple picks.
1: Wags, it's Friday night. I'm going to go have another beer, and this is fun talking Packer wide receivers tonight.
0: For sure. Cheers. Be Cheers.
1: legendary,
0: and go Packers. Go, go. Back, go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my teams, heads, go pack, go Ain't sure with no mercy cuttin' no slack, no I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say